Welcome everybody to season three of the Spiritual Psychologist podcast. My name is Dr. Rathika Marsh and I am the Spiritual Psychologist and this season is all about healing our relationships with food and body. This is something that I have really struggled with in my own life and something that I have found challenging. It's taken me a long time to find a place of nourishment with my body rather than punishment. And so I created this season from a place of knowing how challenging this can be and sending you so much empathy and compassion if you are listening today. So in this season, I have interviewed different coaches who are sharing their own healing journeys from different perspectives and sharing different tools and strategies that you can use in supporting yourself. And it really brings in this idea of mind, body and soul connection. Before we dive into this week's episode, I'd like to just quickly tell you a little bit about my offerings in place at the moment. So I offer unique packages of support which guide you through body, mind and soul connection, combining my experience as a psychologist and spiritual coach. So if you're interested in working with me, either on a course that I've created, one-to-one packages or group support, or one of the retreats that I have upcoming, including Indonesia 2022, then please go and check out my website, thespiritualpsychologist.co.uk, or you can find me on Instagram at thespiritual underscore psychologist. So welcome everyone to another episode of the Spiritual Psychologist podcast and this season is all about healing our relationships with food and body and I have beautiful Rachel Bednarski who is part of one of my programs The Art of Integration, we'll just have a little chat about that in a minute actually, Um, but you do amazing work allowing women to come home to their bodies through um movement breath and mind and you're a copywriter as well a yoga teacher you are amazing you've got so many beautiful offerings and yeah myself and Rachel work together on the art of integration which is our 12-week um program where we combine exactly that we combine the mind work with um the spiritual and psychologist side of things with different healing modalities so with somatic releasing energy healing which is what Rachel offers on this program um, to allow for healing of emotional wounds and traumas so it's a really beautiful program so if you want to check it out go to my website thespiritualpsychologist.co.uk to find more details Um, but yes it's just I I know we've had a few discussions about healing relationships with food and body. I know that you talk about it in your content as well. I know that you've had your own journey with healing your relationship with food and body from being maybe in a place of um, struggle and challenge with that. Um, And yeah, it'd just be so helpful for our listeners to hear your story 
and also to think about how you how you found a place of recovery or awakening um, in order to move forward. So, yeah, do you want to just tell us a little bit about you and where this all started for you? Yeah, so thank you, firstly. It's so nice to be here. Um, yeah, so it's been a journey. It's been quite a journey. And um, I would say it all started of course it, it will be in childhood but it seemed like the eating disorder that I had and the chronic fatigue syndrome that then came from having that eating disorder it seemed to anybody and to me like it came from nowhere so I was in my mm. mid-20s I just moved to a different country I'd just gone through a breakup and I was starting a new university had new friends and it felt like out of nowhere um I just kind of switched my mental um, focus and became so focused on food and so focused on exercise as well. So I had an exercise addiction Mm -hmm. Um, and I had never been like that before then. Mm -hmm. I always had a really, I say, healthy relationship with food. I I ate a lot of junk food. I ate a lot of sugar. Um, I I didn't eat healthily, but I had a healthy relationship with food. Um, I, I, was kind of fit I didn't do a whole lot of exercise it's kind of surprising to most people that I ended up having an addiction to exercise because it was never really a thing for me so it felt like it came out of nowhere definitely looked to others like it came out of nowhere Um, Mm. but now I've been through the healing journey I'm on the other side it's quite obvious that it's rooted in a whole lot of things that had been kind of manifesting Mm. for years and years. It's really interesting because from talking to different people on this season um, of podcast episodes, like there's definitely a theme that is coming through, which is around major life changes and what might seem like exciting life changes as well. So moving to another country, you know, starting a university course, like they in theory sound like exciting things, exciting, fun things, but actually they pull you away from your sense of safety don't they that's exactly it. from what you from what you know and so it's amazing isn't it how you can like very quickly latch onto something that in that moment feels um so good because it gives you that sense of control that's exactly it it's control and I remember somebody saying to me you're trying to find a sense of control and it, it I didn't understand that I was thinking what a cliche thing to say that's not what I'm doing I'm just taking care of my body I found um, a way to be healthy and fit and um, to eat really well clean eating was a huge thing back then when um, yes. in the middle of it so um, I was convinced that I was doing all the right things for myself I, I had no idea it was harmful for a very long time but yeah it all mm-hmm. it was all about control and like you say all about finding safety I had no um, mechanisms for self-care I didn't know what that was it was not a concept for me so I wasn't mm-hmm. using healthy ways to take care of myself and to keep my body safe so I reverted to focusing entirely on these two things that I could control. I felt like I could control, which were food and my body. What did it look like for you? Well, it felt like constant um, focus on food, calories, mm. um, what I was going to eat and when and what I wasn't going to eat. Um, mm. And my fitness schedule. It was, when I look back now, I don't know how I maintain the energy to focus 
so hard on these two things, fitness and what I wasn't going to eat or what I was going to very strictly control. Um, mm. Very focused on calories and numbers. So I was treating yes. my body like a machine. Um, yeah, immense amount of energy is going into thinking entirely about these two things. Yes, which is all like indicators of at the time you don't see it right (laughs) and I can relate to this as well that it's high anxiety isn't it it's like your body and mind completely being out of alignment and just grasping for anything that is gonna make it feel back in alignment but it's not serving your higher self is it it's um you're you're kind of stuck in a cycle right and at, like, what point did you, did that shift? Did you find that you got to a place of like this idea of rock bottom? You know, people talk about that, don't they? Like I hit rock bottom or, um, I mean, that's an interesting concept as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, what what did, what created the, and it, you know, the other thing is that people often think it's a sudden change. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you wake up and it's like, oh, everything's going to be different now. And we know that it's, it's a much more challenging journey than that, isn't it? Yeah. So it took a really long time from that moment, which for me, it wasn't really a rock bottom. It's more like the kind of gradual realizations that you've just spoken to. Um, but once I'd had these kind of series of realizations, it took a long time after that to actually come to a place where I felt like I had healed or was healing. But for me, um, there are a few instances. Well, there was this one time where I think I read it in a magazine. It said something like, um, your body's not going to run on 500 calories just because you've decided it should. And I read that and I thought, huh, mine does. I felt like I was doing fine. Like I felt great. I actually felt really good. People were complimenting me. I felt really mm-hmm. light. I was running races and winning them. I was winning first woman in races. I was being. I could do pull-ups. I felt strong. So it was really difficult mm-hmm. to people around me were saying, look at what you're doing. This isn't very good. And I was thinking, no, my body runs on 500 calories and look what it can do on that. Um, mm-hmm. And quite soon after that I started getting injured a lot and recovering from the injuries and that for me because running and fitness I wasn't doing it well I was punishing my body but I didn't know that's what I was doing I thought I was taking care of myself by doing that so it was really important to me I loved it was my it was my escape it was my world so running and fitness was a really big deal to me and when I started Mm. getting injured and I couldn't do that anymore I found that unsafe like we talked about that threat in my sense of safety that I was finding in fitness and um, mm. I lost control so it was, I, I no longer had control over those things because my body was breaking down and I think for me that would be the first realization I had is I'm not recovering from these injuries maybe that's because I'm trying to do it all on 500 calories and my body yes. doesn't have the energy to heal and, you know, like, did you get to that place of eating such low calories, like, quite quickly? Yeah. Did it, like, was the, prog- yeah, was the progression, like, quite fast? Yeah. Um, I decided one day, I'm, I'm not sure what it was that made me decide, but I remember I was at work one day and I thought, I'm not going to eat dinner tonight. Um, and maybe I won't eat again until lunchtime tomorrow. 
and that felt like a lot but I was also on um Instagram and intermittent fasting was becoming a massive thing so again I was thinking it was healthy I was thinking it was a good thing there were people promoting it all over the internet um so yeah I just decided I wasn't going to and it felt good I felt like I'd accomplished something oh I I didn't think that was something I could do maybe next time I can do it a little bit longer there's yeah this kind of brings something up for me around like there is something within the spiritual community as well some dialogue around like fasting and how it's good for your body that you're releasing kind of um emotional things that need to be released that you're elevating you know that you're ascending there's that that kind of um dialogue that i've seen um which i don't know sits uncomfortably for me if if you are prone maybe to disordered eating or dis- eating disorders but also there's so much around like you see these hashtags don't you like hashtag um run every damn day or like <laughs> yoga every damn day or whatever it is <laughs> and it's it does and the inter- intermittent fasting thing right that it that there maybe are some benefits to it but the um there's no sort of warning around it like if you are prone to or maybe you don't even know that you're prone yeah. right yeah and it's just being sold as a purely good thing to do for yourself to not eat essentially for a certain number of hours and that like you're rewarded for it so it's like you're it's almost like this dialogue of um you've maintained that control so therefore you're a purer better person yeah you're a good person you're a clean person and that there's something about you that makes you worthy because you've been able to uh, sustain that. Yeah, and this is where a lot of it's coming from. We're getting our um, sense of self from um, extrinsic things, from the outside world. It's coming from things outside of us, like the ability to be able to use a hashtag because you've done the first, or to maybe fast an hour longer than someone else who did it, or and um, yeah to go go for those 18 hours it's all coming from outside of us and we're treating our bodies like machines as a result of that so it's all about numbers whether we recognize it or not it's all about numbers and pushing through and I, I think we've moved away from that culture quite a lot especially since I was in the thick of it like this go hard or go home mm. so much pride in that working out seven days a week um, yes. and I'm gonna push through and push through and my body can do it it's all in my mind and I think that mm. problem is it was all in my mind and it shouldn't have been I should have been in my body and I wasn't mm. I moved up to my head to um yeah gain this sense of control to avoid the I'm so sensitive is something I've realized now as well very highly sensitive which is something that I was distracting myself from because I didn't know how to deal with that I'd never been given the mechanisms to deal with being very sensitive so I moved up to my head pushed my body mm. through um, and ignored all these sensations I felt in my body and treated it like a machine to try and push through the fact that it's mm. difficult being a human. It's hard. It's hard work. Having emotions yeah. is really difficult. And it all comes down to distraction, I think. And the intermittent fasting thing, it I believe it does have benefits. I've done so much research into it, and I never went into anything without doing research. It's one of the things I, I use to mm. control. But um, 
I think you have to be in a very specific and very healthy place in your mind, body, energy levels in your yes. place in the world. Your cycle, you have to be very specifically um, set up to do that in a healthy way. And also mm. thinking about what comes after that fast, which is never something that's considered. Like you, you do the fast, great, but then what happens to your body as you then come back into eating or your what happens to your mind after that fast? There's a lot of things mm. Because it can potentially promote a binge restrict, you know, it can sustain that binge restrict cycle, can't it? If you're not, if you're not in the, if you're not in the guided, supported framework around it, right? Yeah. And if you don't Um, understand yourself, you have to understand yourself and your body and your energy. And if you don't, it it becomes a slippery slope. Yes. Addiction. So how did you manage to shift things for yourself? Because I look at you and I think like you're you're not the traditional like did you go down a medical route? Did you did you try that medical route? How did that work for you? Um how what are the kind of biggest things that have impacted on you on your healing journey? So I've been down every route. <laughs> I did yeah. most of it was self-led. I did most of it on my own, and that's just because that's me. I'm very independent, and um, I think again it came down to control a lot of it. But I wouldn't necessarily advocate doing it everything alone. Um, yes. Especially now knowing what I know and knowing that there are programs like the Art of Integration that exist where you don't have to do it alone. It's it's a much yeah, easier, absolutely, supported journey if you don't. But um, I did pretty much find my way on my own but by going down lots of different routes and um very um briefly went into um traditional medicine and that was really because I needed because I was living in another country and I needed um health insurance to then go to a therapist so I went to a GP um felt very very misunderstood he he um actually and I'm not suggesting this is all GPs at all I'm sure you can find incredible ones but he um he said to me, 25, isn't that a little bit old to have an eating disorder? I just felt mm. so kind of misunderstood. Um, yes. So that didn't work for me. I then went to the therapist, which is why I went to the GP in the first place to get the referral. And I think with that, um, again, I think there was a little bit of a disconnect um, just with how I am and mm. that route. And um, it, again, I think because I was so in my mind, being in my mind about it and trying to intellectualize it from um, with her approach didn't work because what I really mm. needed was to understand my body and my energy. I didn't know that at the time. I had no concept of that. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the talking and the the kind of mental mentally focused route is amazing, but I think it has to be supplemented with other forms. So you kind of got some benefits from the talking therapy, and how did you manage to then? get into your body how have you learned to do that how have you learned to um like it's relinquishing the control surrendering surrendering to high levels of discomfort isn't it yeah um and providing yourself with that you know with the nurture that you actually need it's so difficult isn't it it's not it's not an easy thing to do at all yeah how do you navigate how did you start to navigate that yeah so from that point it was like you say it was a long and complicated 
journey but I think because I was determined I stuck with it and because I love the kind of industry I love health I love wellness um I loved my body as well I only really wanted the best for it I just didn't know how to do that so um yeah the the therapist I went to she said a really important thing to me which stuck with me and I think that's why I went just to hear this one thing she said to me um what would happen if you continue to do what you're doing and I'd never thought long term about it and that gave me that kind of finality like if I continue to do what I'm doing and I do this indefinitely I'm probably going to end up dead that's what's going to happen and that was quite that was quite a realization so I think from that point um I decided I have to do something I'm not quite sure what that is and it we're probably going to need to start with eating a bit more um so I started off focusing on the food thing, but that quite quickly was clear that it wasn't, it was never about, we've talked about, it was never about food itself. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a long journey, but eventually I came across um, somebody who ended up being a mentor for me, um, a man called Tony Riddle through work. Mm. So I moved back to England by this point, I was working in wellness. I was um, a writer for wellness um, brand. And I'd been mm-hmm. on this retreat with Tony and he is all about um, nature, coming back to nature, the fact that we are nature, we come from nature, we're governed by the cycles of nature. And mm-hmm. by this point, I had chronic fatigue syndrome. So I ended up at his retreat, absolutely wiped, exhausted. And Aww. he recognized that and took me under his wing and kind of... Um, taught me about my nervous system for fir- the first thing which I I had no idea about had no idea yeah. in fight or flight response for years not just mm. while I was in an eating disorder but probably through the whole of my childhood realized mm. that I was actually very anxious and had no idea about that either would never ever have considered myself to be anxious but by the yes. it's very clear that I, I thought a lot a lot of things mm. took a lot of energy so um on that retreat I rested I slept and I thought okay this is something I've been missing I haven't been resting my body I haven't been giving my myself that chance to just be mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. be in nature I've been controlling everything with numbers um yeah like we spoke to that kind of treating your body like a machine and making your body work for you I hadn't been working with my body um mm. So these were very, it sounds like it was a breakthrough, it wasn't. It was very small realizations over time, but it just brought that awareness to me that I hadn't been living according to the cycles of life and my body. Mm. And there's something there about permission as well, isn't there? Like somebody else guiding you to give yourself permission to just stop. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is why we need people with us, because you can't recognize these things in yourself. I would never have noticed myself that I wasn't resting. You just you can't you don't have the perspective yourself. Most of yes. And um, mm. so I needed those outside eyes to say, hang on, you, you don't rest. Of course, there's a problem. Yes. Yeah. So that was like a big turning point in realizing the importance of rest, connection with nature Mm. and then how long did the so did the chronic fatigue syndrome was that has that been an ongoing ongoing challenge yeah 
Yeah, so this mm-hmm. was something else that I hadn't realized. <laughs> so disconnected from my body, so disembodied. I had no idea what was going on in my body, but I was absolutely exhausted. Um, and I, I kind of considered myself healed from the eating disorder. I was eating well again. I couldn't imagine going back to where I was. It felt insane to me that I'd been doing that. So I considered myself healed. But then I think a repercussion of those years um, and the things I still hadn't healed. So you can heal your the food thing and you can get your calories back up. But unless you've healed the root cause, it's going to come back somewhere else. And I yes. think this is what happened with me is that yeah. it, it, it was an indication that I hadn't fully healed that root. And mm-hmm. um, I just felt absolutely exhausted, but I couldn't sleep enough to um, to feel rested. I was fuzzy, my muscles were sore. Um, And I wasn't depressed or anything. I loved life. I wanted to do things, but I I couldn't do it. And it was really frustrating. Didn't know what chronic fatigue syndrome was, but I went to my GP to try and get blood tests so I could then go down um, a naturopathic route or whatever it was I wanted to do. And he referred me to a fatigue specialist. And I was, I don't want to go, I'm not, I don't need to see a specialist. I just want my bloods taken. <laughs> but mm. then, um, and I, I was so, this was a breakthrough moment. I was so lucky with where I was referred to for the fatigue. I went to a functional medicine um, hospital. Mm-hmm. I was incredibly lucky to be referred there through the NHS. And the doctor there, my consultant, he gave me half an hour rather than the 10 minutes. And he talked to me and he said, what's going on? How do you feel? And I was thinking, why is he asking how I feel? I just want, I want my blood tests taken. Yeah. Um, I want to know what I've got. Um, and he, he asked me, like, how much do you rest? How, how do you feel about life? Do you enjoy your job? And I was having this realization because of, you know, where I work. I, I was aware of these things, just not in myself. And I didn't have that mm. perspective myself. But um, he was asking me all these things like have you been through any big life changes what's your relationship like with your mum and I was just thinking hang on a minute what is he must be onto something but I'm not quite sure yeah. um, and then he didn't take any tests or anything at all and he said you have chronic fatigue syndrome Um it's because you're not you're not aware of your emotions go home mm. and meditate and that was the thing for me, go home and meditate. And I was so relieved because of this relationship I had with clean eating still. And, you know, I didn't want to go on medication. Yes. So I was scared he was going to put me on medication. And because he didn't, I was so relieved. I thought, okay, I'm going to go and do the meditation then. If I don't have to do medication, I'll do mm-hmm. meditation. And I didn't know what mm-hmm. I was doing. I just went and sat quietly for a bit and it wasn't really meditation but I found my way from there and that that really was the start of of where I am yes yeah and like with meditation with breath work with those kind of things a problem that that I have had and can continue to have actually at times is even doing those things you can still feel disconnected from your body and yeah, I'm just interested in your perspective on how you how you bring that greater presence to it. Yeah. Because you can you can technically be ticking all the boxes and you still don't feel connected. Yeah, you can do the meditation, you can tick that off and say you've done it, but if you're not and it comes down again to this holistic approach and to getting to the root. 
So you can mm. meditate and doing the meditation will um, help your body to feel safe in that moment. It will calm your nervous system down and give you some space to be with yourself yeah. and some space to feel those feelings that you've been avoiding. And you kind of can't avoid that in the moment if you're meditating. Um, or if you're meditating properly, you can just sit there and think the whole time and then it becomes a distraction in itself. Meditation can yes. be. Um, breath work as well, that can become an addiction, something that you just go hard on and don't actually mm -hmm. um, let yourself experience what breath work is essentially for. But um, it comes down to how we work with our clients on the program is you have to get to the root. You have to... Uh, yes. understand why you got to where you were in the first place and then use these tools to help you to understand that rather than as another distraction which is so easy for them to be yes yeah and it can lead to frustration as well can't it yeah absolutely um but there is definitely something about like the act of those things just if you've if you've not been used to um just sitting with yourself learning to trust that that's okay and it's that bit about like even if you are feeling disconnected like that's okay at least you're doing you're actively making a conscious choice to to take some sense of control right in in a way that isn't going to harm you yeah you know yeah it kind none of, of those things are going to harm you are they yeah. I don't think no so it transfers that control that was on something that was unhelpful an addiction to something that was unhelpful and it turns it over and you can't really become addicted to um meditation in an unhealthy way I don't believe um mm. so it kind of it it takes that crutch over to something else that then gives you the awareness so what when um, an eating disorder and an exercise addiction or whatever it is you have an addiction to we all have them whatever it is that you're using that to distract yourself from is transferred mm -hmm. over to another practice that doesn't give you the distraction so whereas you were being distracted before meditation for example brings awareness so it, you yes. can't hide from yourself so much in that space and it's the awareness where the change mm -hmm. happens unless you're aware of what you need to change you can't change it so that's yes. where meditation can come in um, and just ignite that that um that need to move and take a little bit of action the awareness yes. it all starts with awareness yeah and that's what the art of integration is about isn't it it's about bringing awareness raising consciousness of like your of your patterns taking control back taking your power back understanding that like all these responses are they're learnt aren't they and they're a response to emotional wounds. They're a response to traumas. They're not just there for no reason. You know, whatever the behavior is, however shameful you might feel about it, that there's a reason that it's that it's there, you know. And it's understanding that with compassion, you know, compassion and non-judgment for yourself, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, not judging because we've developed these things to keep us safe. Like maybe in the yes. long term they weren't they're not helpful. But it was what what we knew to do at the time to to help us to stay alive. Like if I didn't yes. do that, I'm not quite sure where I would have gone instead. It would have been a, mm. it would have come out mm. in another way. So they, they protect you for the short term. It's just the longevity of these things. Yes, definitely. So it just to finish off, um, it'd just be so helpful, like if there is somebody who is 
struggling with an eating disorder, with anorexia, um, whatever it is, what would is there are there certain things that you would suggest from your experience and knowledge um around first steps yes so firstly bring that awareness in so however Mm. we're going to do that if it's if it starts with talking to somebody um just any way you can bring awareness journaling or if you just sit with yourself if all you can do is a minute and you just sit with yourself and let your body and your mind do what they need to do to let you know to send those messages Mm. and this can be really difficult when you're in this state and you you don't have a relationship with your body and you don't understand your mind to know the messages that they are trying to send you so it's not necessarily about understanding what your body is telling you it's just giving that space that awareness of what are you doing and where is this going to get you in the long term what will happen if you keep going this way just bring awareness in Mm. and Mm. then find a way to feel safe and to let your body know that it's safe outside of whatever and it doesn't mean in in the short term replacing what it is you're doing yes find a way to feel safe if that's breathing so working with your nervous system which natasha will is able to help people with but breath work as well like using your breath using rest to help your body to feel safe or you know find Mm. self-care practice and just find a sense of safety or control um in a more beneficial way and I think like it you can there's also this expectation that that has to be done to an extreme you know that you suddenly like I like what you said there about you know you don't have to replace your current patterns as unhealthy as they might be it's it's about a process isn't it because if you suddenly went from say eating 500 calories to 2000 calories right if you suddenly shifted to that place, you are going to feel so highly um, dysregulated and anxious that you're going to most likely restrict even further or restrict for even longer, right? And so it's finding um, that safety elsewhere, but starting in like from a small starting point, right? The, and I th- I mean, I think other people might disagree with me here around things like calories. Yeah. But for me, it's about that bit around it being it doesn't that things don't have to be a um, radical process, that it can be gentle. I agree. And I, I like you say, I know there are people who disagree for and they have their reasons, but for me, I increase my calories by something like 25 a week, something really, really tiny. But that made me feel that that was something that made me feel safe. I knew what I was working towards. I had a goal. I was working towards that goal. And I felt the control within that. And I also felt um, safer that way. If I had suddenly jumped, I don't think that would have worked for me, especially if I hadn't found something to replace that sense of that need for safety within. And I think Having an eating disorder and having exercise, any addiction, it's very strong, very masculine energy, like very hard energy. So I think you need to replace that, I believe, with softness that like you've just spoken to. If you can find a softness and a more gentleness, if you're just approaching that with more fire and masculine hard yes. 
energy I'm not quite sure that works it's like fighting fire mm. with fire mm-hmm. yeah it, I mean it's so difficult isn't it because you know if you're so if you're so so underweight and you know you are not functioning in any way I can completely see um the reason for hospitalization oh, you know of course, of course yeah and it's it But at the same time, I can also see that you can end up in this cycle where you're going up and down, where you're where you're kind of in a place of like, I desperately need to or I am being forced to eat in order to literally be alive to then, okay, I have to now um, do this independently and then there's the risk, isn't there, of mass restriction again and going up and down in that wave. Whereas if there can be that, if it's possible for there to be that gentler approach, there's a longer term benefit to it, mm-hmm. I believe. I do too. Where you're learning, where you're learning the skills of resilience and coping alongside building up your strength and nutrition Absolutely. I think like you say, it comes back to not just having one approach, but to understanding the whole person, the whole body and um, taking care of all of these different facets. So the energy, the body, the root cause, the inner child, all these things at once. And it's not only a food focus. So if you're going to go the food way, I would suggest just making sure you're taking care of all these other angles at the same time to bring that safety in. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Rachel. Just I just um, have so much respect for you and thank you for being so open about your journey. And I, I just know that this is going to help so many people to get your perspective on this. And yeah, it's just an amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And just to finish off, if anybody wants to um access any of your beautiful offerings any energy healing any of your programs um that you have out there is there a website or a social media site that people can uh, contact you on yeah so i'm active on instagram at rachel bednarski underscore um and my website as well is rachelbednarski.com so you can find everything on there my programs one-to-ones one-to-one breathwork energy healing meditation coaching and my online yoga programs as well okay thank you so much rachel thank you rathika so much love thank you so much for taking the time to listen today if you found this of value please do take the time to review it and share this episode on your social media so that we can reach those who also want to heal their relationships with food and the body. 